Welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, which aims to advance gospel-centered youth ministry by equipping and empowering youth ministers and parents to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ. The Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Parent Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. To learn more about Rooted, visit us at rootedministry.com. Your host, Davis Lacey. We're recording here at Rooted's 2022 conference in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I'm joined by a couple of our speakers, workshop leaders here at this conference, as well as a steering, a double steering committee member of Rooted. Uh, and that is none other than Chris and Katie Polsky. Y'all, welcome to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Thanks. It's good to be here. Good to be with you. Yeah. For those of you who are not familiar with the Polskis, you probably have not been tuned into Rooted, but just in case you've been living under a rock, brief introductions here. Chris is the pastor of Trinity Church Kirkwood in the St. Louis area. Um, he has extensive experience both as a senior pastor and as a youth pastor, and he teaches some classes at Covenant Seminary specifically to prep pastors for their ordination process in the Presbyterian Church of America. And Katie also serves on staff at Trinity Church in Kirkwood. She's the worship director there. She's also a writer, speaker for various ministries, and that includes Rooted, where she is a double steering committee member for the youth ministry and the parenting side of things. Did I get those introductions anywhere close to accurate? You did great. You did awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm really excited about today's uh, topic of conversation. I think it's important. I think it's helpful. We're going to talk through what it looks like for you as a vocational ministry couple who has teenage children and also children who are in early adulthood, uh, what it looks like on a day-to-day basis for you guys to train your children to follow Jesus. My hope is that youth workers listening to this episode, A, will get a little bit more awareness of what it looks like to have children in vocational ministry, uh, but B, ways that they can equip not just your children, but also folks like you as we talk about one of Rooted's pillars, partnering with parents. So thanks for making time to have this important conversation today. It's great to be here. So as a vocational ministry couple, what are some of the most difficult challenges y'all have faced in terms of training your children to follow Jesus? I'm sure some of these are going to be specific to ministry and probably some of these are just going to be struggles that any parent might have. Well, they were born. Um, so that's the first thing, um, and that's where it starts. Born, they were born. And they turn into teenagers. Yes, they have this penchant Somehow for getting older and more complicated as they go. Um, you know, I think, like with many things in life, it's the frequency and familiarity with local church ministry and the preaching of the gospel that um is is the main issue and i say main issue because it it has two sides to the coin on the one hand things that are frequent and familiar for us can become rote and that is dangerous in our life because many of the things that become rote are also very important if you don't brush your teeth regularly you got problems okay um on the other side of that coin though there's a beauty to frequency and familiarity um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jamie Smith's writing and his book, You Are What You Love, was really a, a wonderful exposure to this idea of life liturgy. And, and you learn the rhythm of the Christian life through the frequency and familiarity 
of the liturgy of life. It starts in the liturgy of worship. And whether your church is highly liturgical or uh, more low church, more more, um, accessible, there's still a liturgy there, a repetition, and people become accustomed to that, and it kind of orders their experience in helpful ways. So I think pastor's kids, ministry worker kids, if they're involved in the church at all, um, are, are exposed pretty intensely to both sides of this coin. And um, sometimes it can have a negative impact that you have to work really hard on this roteness. And, and sometimes the positive impact isn't seen for a long time in their lives. It's the old proverb, train up a child in the way he should go, and in the end he will not depart from it, which of course doesn't mean they're going to be a Christian. It just means all things being equal, if you teach them the liturgy of the Christian life, there is a, a greater opportunity. So I think that's been the challenge, and we can talk a lot more practically about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would add the importance of of keeping keeping church and uh, fresh. But uh, it can be really easy as ministry leaders to to somehow e- even idolize the church that that you know if my kids go then this is going to happen. But there's no formula for our our uh, kids you know accepting Jesus. Uh, that is they're saved by by God's grace, right? There's no pamphlet that says if you do this, this is going to happen. So I think ministry leaders often uh, live in fear. Um. Of uh, what if my kid? Because then you feel like an ultimate failure, right? I, I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm involved in the church. I, I'm a Bible study leader. I should be able to to somehow instill that. But that is not our business. Our business is to be faithful in loving our kids and showing Jesus to our kids and let Him do the work that He's going to do. But there there is a real I think there's real fear. And out of that, what happens sometimes is we. Um, turn things into idols that that shouldn't be even good things like the church that we're going to push them there um and somehow we think that that's going to save them it's a good thing it needs to be a part of um life liturgy uh but we also need to be thinking about as chris mentioned how to how to keep it fresh in the midst of the familiarity they're there all the time right um so that's important as well so based on that frequency and, and familiarity, that unique challenge that children like yours might have that other children might not, uh, walk me through how you feel like youth workers can be an encouragement to ministry leaders like yourselves as you train your children to follow Jesus. Uh, I think if youth workers, uh, I guess two things for me, um, youth workers are already getting exposed to the rhythms of what ministry life is and the emotional cost of doing ministry. You're pouring yourself out. I used to joke that when I was a youth worker, what I really was, was like, uh, you know, like a vacuum cleaner and the kids hook up and they suck everything out of you and then you go home and pull the shades and you fall asleep for two days after a retreat or whatever. Well, it's the same for a pastor. It's not as intense, but Every day in a pastor and, and a pastor's spouse's life, they're they're giving of themselves to lots of people mm-hmm. that are in the midst of a lot of really complicated life circumstances. And um, the, the hard thing going home from those meetings in any ministry context is, are you emotionally available to your own children? Um, so I, I would hope youth workers would see, would see and understand that that is a, a hard burden that a pastor carries 
And I am, I am going to come alongside them, uh, not to take their place in that way, because we should never forfeit our emotional investment in our children, but to, to kind of be a buttress to that. Like, I want to be as emotionally available to, to encourage these kids as I can, because I know how, how much ministry can take out of their parents, um, that are always there for everybody. So that's, that's one big thing. Um, and I guess related to that, just, asking us how our kids are doing Mm. Uh, because it and it's simple things right i mean but it's one thing to talk about ministry planning and calendars and strategic plans and where's the youth group going but and and you have that relationship with with a youth worker if your kids in the group you, you know you've got this kind of weird thing going on but to take a moment before you even get into it and say hey how's your kid doing how what are they facing right now what are they feeling what are you sensing in them how can i kind of come alongside and help support some things that you're aiming to do in the life of your kid that that would make me feel loved by that youth worker i think yeah i i'd say as well uh just humbly recognizing that if you don't have a kid who's in junior high or senior high yet it it is a little harder than it looks and so asking questions uh about uh, you know, just how are things going at, at home with the kid? You know, it, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a positive thing. Uh, and I'd also say, so as much as, and we do this with our kids, it, for, for in our household, church was, uh, was expected you're going to go when you're living under our house. And that did not mean that we did not meet that with, uh, resistance with some of our kids. Um, but it, but, but you, we expect a lot from our kids. So um, that's not one area that we kind of set aside and say, we're going to have high expectations over here. But when it comes to church, not not that. We, we expect that you will attend. Um, however, when they get a little bit close closer to, to launching, you know, we've talked about this, that maybe that's a good time to not to release that expectation see do they go if they don't go it's a good time to have a conversation before they leave the house when they leave the house that then they they uh, set their own patterns and it's hard to kind of break out of that um i say that to say for for youth ministers if a if a kid doesn't go to every single event because while we push our kids to go to youth ministry, to be at church. There are some times when, when we behind the door say, you know what, right now where they are, they need to not go right now. Or, you know what, we're going to have them go Sunday, but we're just going to relax this and not make them go Thursday. We are having those discussions because we know our kids. If they are not at something, uh, it's hard, I would imagine, uh, for a youth leader to say, ah, the you know, lead pastor's kids aren't here. It must be either a bad event or... Uh, you know, I, um, I wonder why they aren't, you know, just there's get some grace there. I think there's an, we all suffer with this as ministry people. There's an idolatry of church. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you're exactly. (laughs) Never experienced that. We, we want our, our churches to succeed, which is a good spiritual thing. When our churches succeed and they're gospel preaching churches, that's good. But in the life of our children, it's not about them becoming um, a church mm-hmm. person. It's about them becoming a Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes there are moments where you have to balance or rebalance your understanding of 
your love for the organism that is the church or your local church and the need for this child to have a a spiritual moment Mm -hmm. that may need to be separate from your local church or something that might be good for your local church and that that's something until you have children of different ages you, you don't know that viscerally until you experience it but i've often found myself in conflict with with those things i love my children i love the church and sometimes i've had to make decisions one one side of that or the other and i don't know if i always make them properly it's it's a challenge y'all thank you for that that's uh i can think back to my time as a youth pastor and be ah oh, man i wish i could go back in time because i sympathize with that thought but having kids of my own now even though they're six and four i'm like you know what i can see it i understand it thank you for helping us understand not just your viewpoint but ways that those of us who are in youth ministry can practically come alongside of you and partner with you we talk about partnership with parents here at rooted and you know, we shouldn't only partner with parents who aren't in vocational ministry. If anything, we should especially partner with parents who are in vocational ministry. I want to talk a little bit more about maybe relational discipleship and how youth workers can come alongside of the children of vocational youth ministry leaders like yourselves. Before we do, let me give a brief pause so that we can hear from the sponsor on today's episode. Our greatest goal and hope as parents is to raise our kids to lifelong faith in Christ. This is no easy calling. Rooted's goal is the same, so we created a family discipleship curriculum you can use in a small group, Bible study, Sunday school, or for your church's entire family ministry. We have eight video courses with inductive Bible study curriculum led by pastors, counselors, teachers, and parents, including Colin Hansen, David Zoll, Peter Ong, and Cameron Cole. Course topics include Gospel 101, Talking to Your Kids About Sex, parenting teenagers, and parenting young children, and much, much more. Click the link in our show notes from today's episode to sample three free videos, or visit rootedministry.com to sign up today. Joined today by Chris Katie Polsky, we're talking through some of the uh, unique opportunities and unique challenges that families, parents, and children uh, who are involved in vocational ministry may face in their discipleship. And so we've talked through what it looks like for youth workers to partner with vocational youth, vocational ministry parents. Uh, let's maybe talk a little bit about how we can come alongside of vocational kids. You talked through the frequency, the familiarity piece, how that um, was a challenge for you in raising children. Let's talk about maybe some of the ways that, that frequency and familiarity and other factors impacted your kids directly? Where do you feel like your children may have been impacted by the unique challenges associated with you guys being on staff and in pastoral ministry at church? Uh, I might address this also just as a PK myself. Okay, um, wow. So, yeah. but uh, first let me just talk about our, our kids. I, I would say, and, and I had this experience as well, that there, if I can talk about the positive impact first, um, the, the church becomes an extended family and the way that they pour into our our kids lives that the love that they show us as ministry leaders overflows onto them and i think that's a unique blessing um for uh you know for kids who are in ministry i know that growing up in the church myself i experienced that and those folks who 
um, who, uh, you know, were in the church where my father was a pastor are, are people that I still would, would call on today. Um, so it's a, that's a, that's a positive impact. Um, I, I did ask my daughter before I left because, uh, one of the, workshops was on a similar topic. I said, Lily, she's 14. Do you like being a pastor's kid? And she said, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And I said, why? So, well, because I like our church. Is there anything you don't like? Oh yeah. What don't you like? <laughs> she said, mom, I don't like that. I have to be at church so early on Sunday mornings. And, uh, true it's so true here's the thing we expect a lot um of our of our kids there's a lot asked of them so even being there early on a sunday morning right to us that's that's our job we just have to be there whatever it is two hours i don't know hour and a half before uh that she just that's what she's got to do is mm-hmm. is you know come along until she has her own uh license so there there is a lot expected of them you know, when the doors open you're especially when they're younger and they're in tow you you come with me um for for that reason i think it's important to um to always check in you know how 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 are you doing with things at church you know uh, ask those kinds of questions um but also make sure they they already probably feel a little bit of, of pressure just being pastor's kids. So there's no need as parents. I'm just going to throw this out there. If anyone here is, if anyone's listening who are uh, parents of pastor's kids, there's no need to add pressure to say, you know, you need to behave better because mm. you are a pastor's kid or, or don't you know, people are watching mm. yeah. that, that is, is unnecessary. Likely they already do feel that pressure. It's, it's just kind of there. Uh, I know I, I felt that a little bit growing up. Um, my parents did avoid saying things like that and I'm thankful for that. But I, 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 I felt that, you know, there's a, a little bit of a limelight, you know, just kind of, uh, on, on you as a kid. Uh, so that that's what I'd say. What would you add? I, just analogically, I you know we recently watched the uh, funeral for the Queen of England, and you see the family standing up there. They're the royal family, right? And we're not royal family as pastors, but there there's an expectation in the lives of those children and grandchildren that they're carrying something that the rest of the people aren't, and even when they're four or six years old. They have to dress a certain way, show up at a certain time, not misbehave too badly or else all the cameras are on them. And yeah, that's a whole other level. Sure. But a little bit of that is there in a church. And I think as um, parents of uh, kids uh, uh, that are pastors, we're, we have to recognize we are asking something of them that isn't really asked of most people's children. There are some other vocations where that occurs, but they are on display and they don't know that when they're little, but they start to know that a little bit more when they get to be seven, eight, nine years old. And then by the time they're teenagers and they want to have, they go through normal teenager things. They're very aware of that and it it can actually um, turn them inside on themselves or cause deep anxiety for them. And um, so I, I think we have to be honest with the fact that we are asking something of them that is very difficult. And I think church leaders and church families, we, we're very blessed in our church. Our children have been treated wonderfully. 
They haven't been held out. No, I don't recall anyone in our church ever coming to me to say, to be critical of our children, even though we were critical. (laughs) But they've done a great job of that. And I think youth workers and other church leaders, um, you know, they can really affirm and support families when they recognize it's it's hard enough just to be a parent. That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, keep that in balance uh, because we are asking a lot of these kids who aren't fully developed in their maturity yet. Yeah. So, Kate, you had mentioned that one of the things a youth worker could do is just check in on a teenager. How are you doing in church? How are things? Like, how are you in that specific kind of like, I know that your burden's a little bit different than maybe some other teens. Yeah, how, name it. How are you yeah. doing with it? Um, anything else that might be a a real helpful practice for youth workers, for kids like yours, uh, kids like mine are going to be in a few years, um, for youth workers to really say, I want to care for this child with a unique burden. I want to do it well. I, I think, I mean, I, again, I'm going to just talk about my own experience for a minute as a, as a pastor's kid. One thing that, that I really appreciated uh, was being in a place uh, with youth, youth leaders. I had one woman in particular who mentored me through high school. Um, it was, it was a safe place for me to express my doubts mm. and, and know that they were not going to be like, Oh, uh, pastor storage. That's my dad. You should know that, you know, it was okay for me, like, like anyone of my peers to say, I don't know if I believe this. And I did say that. And I, uh, they came alongside this one woman in particular, a youth leader who just said, you know what, I, let's keep talking about this. It wasn't, you know, immediately jumping to, to dad or, you know, anything like that. It was just what, how you would treat, you know, any other, any other kid. I, I also, um, I shared this this morning, but when I was a freshman in high school, uh, a boy that I liked uh, told me, you know, no one's ever going to date you, Katie, because you're a pastor's kid. And that impacted me so much. Of course, I played that off like, oh, whatever. But man, that impacted me. And several weeks later, it came up in a conversation with this uh, youth leader. uh, and, And she took the time to to really unpack that what why why would why do you think they said something like that let me tell you why that's so absurd you know just and 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 i i appreciated that so i think uh just coming coming alongside our kids as normal teenage kids that that helped me i i see that in our own kids um that they have a safe place that they can you know talk to youth leaders apart from Mm. mom and dad is is really really important and on the other side of that and this is one of the most difficult pieces is if you're the lead pastor you're the pastor's family and you're you have a youth worker and there is something wrong Mm. with your with the pastor's kid yeah yeah what does the youth worker do with that? Because mm-hmm. you, you want appropriate confidentiality. Uh, sure. yeah. um, you don't want them coming into your office and spilling every bean. I don't want that. Please don't do that. Treat them like you would any other kid in the group. But there, there are going to be moments where a youth worker needs to be able to tell us something about our kid. Uh, so in that regard... Uh, finding the, the right balance. The reason they don't want to do that a lot of times is they're afraid. Like, I can't go tell the pastor that his kid is, you know, involved sexually or talked about suicidal thoughts sure. because of the, the job relationship and the authority structure. 
So sometimes these these pastors' kids can get left to the side uh, because of that tension that exists there. But I think as a pastor, I want the youth worker to be able to come in my office, and I know my wife would too, to say, "Hey, I don't want to tell I don't tell you everything, but here's something you need to know." So um, I, it's helpful just in that regard for when you when you begin a relationship with a youth worker and your kids are in the group. To have that kind of a birds and bees conversation about, hey, here's, I want you to know it's okay to talk to me about those things. And yet at the same time, I want you to be able to maintain a degree of confidentiality with my kid like you would with any other kid. There's just a moment where that might need to be dealt with. And I think we need that in our relationships with youth workers. Makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Y'all, this has been such a helpful conversation, such a wise and uh, encouraging conversation in a lot of ways. Any final words of parting wisdom or encouragement that you'll leave us as we sign off on this podcast? Uh, I know every pastor, I'm a lead pastor. We are grateful for youth workers. Um, We're grateful for the time and energy they put in. We're grateful for their goofiness. We're grateful for the time that they invest in the lives of all of the kids, including our own. And uh, it's a hard job. It's a really hard job, uh, but it's a really important job. And um, it's a job that's really worth it in the kingdom of God. So uh, we're grateful uh, for that and um, grateful for the ministry that Rooted has encouraging these folks. Can I just say ditto? Ditto. 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 You just said it. You just said it. Yes. Listeners, let me give you a few ways that you can follow the Polskis and their ministry. Uh, TrinityChurchKirkwood.org. Did I get that correct? You did. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, That's where you can find not just about Trinity Church Kirkwood, but I'm guessing we can probably find samples of your preaching. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, And then KatiePolsky.com and Katie Polsky's Rooted page, where we can find uh, audio clips of your workshops and sessions that you've led at Rooted Conferences. Uh, And then what's the sort of stuff that you're doing on your personal blog or your personal website? Uh, A lot of writing, uh, some related to to parenting, mostly just about Christian living. So uh, you can check out that page for that and any kind of speaking opportunities that might be needed. Fantastic. Y'all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy conference schedules to join me for this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. I appreciate it and our listeners appreciate it. So thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you, Davis. Listeners, thanks for tuning in, as always, to this episode of the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit us at rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for providing the music for this podcast. And on behalf of all of us here at Rooted, my name is Davis Lacey. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast. Mm-hmm.